This week's podcast brought to you by Drool Dickies. While it was still light out on Halloween, the doorbell rang, and I thought it was our first early bird trick-or-treater, but in fact, it was a friend of yours coming to uh, help you, quote, hand out candy. And uh, she was wearing a number 50 Yukon Rebecca Lobo shirt. She had some kind of uh, metal spiraled wire spiraled around her neck. And um, she informed us that she was a Rebecca Lobo bobblehead. She was holding the god-awful Rebecca Lobo bobblehead from my Connecticut Sundays. She was wearing one of her son's pairs of basketball shorts and one of her son's pairs of basketball sneakers. And um, yes, wearing (laughs) the wire around her neck, bobbing her head side to side, saying she was a Rebecca Lobo bobblehead. I liked it. (laughs) I did too, because she was constantly saying yes to everything I, I said. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. This is our a very special ball and chain. Our 100th episode. Yay. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of us. It's too many talking. episodes, isn't it? It's like it probably, probably. Well, at the end of this episode, people might say it's one too many episodes. And, and it, as if this weren't enough, as if there's, this weren't too much, we have in basement producer Denny Gallagher. It's been a while. And apparently not long enough for, uh, <laughs> because we've well, got things like, to say. Come on, Steve, you've got to ask me questions here. No, I'm not I know, just an open I book I anymore. I, I am literally a host. You're in my home. <laughs> this seems like your second home, but it's our house. And, uh, Rebecca, what do we want to uh, celebrate here on well, our I 100th? I think the first thing we want to know is, is where oh, where did the Curiosity Shop go, Denny? What well, the happened? Curiosity Shop is back. I'm, I'm curious, but, you know, I discovered a, a, a funny thing on the way to that segment. I discovered that Google exists. Um, and, and, and I'm sorry for that curiosity shop in Wyoming. You know, business is tough, but, uh, you know. That's the one that's closing, yeah, right? The, yeah, yeah. This one's curi- still very much It's open. still open. Do you so re- it's just been on hiatus? Right. Or? Do you really think that the listeners of the Ball and Chain podcast know that Google exists? And if so, how to operate that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, if they're trying to find the podcast, the podcast is on Spotify and SoundCloud, Ball and Chain Podcast. Well, I shouldn't be insulting our, our listeners. We're grateful for our listeners, and um, this should be a celebration of of them. Speaking not us. speaking of that, um, last week after we had recorded our our episode ninety nine, I was at our local grocery store, entering the grocery store, pushing my big giant cart, um, and that's not a euphemism for anything. And a woman was leaving, and she said to me, "I've got my White Castles in my bag. I love the podcast." So how about that? If, if we it's can like just twice in the last three weeks where someone at the grocery store has said to me that they're purchasing White Castles because of the Ball and Chain. And podcast. I think when we when we began when we began this podcast ninety nine episodes ago, our our mission was if we could get just one person to buy microwavable White Castle hamburgers <laughs> and tell us about it. And tell us about it at the grocery store with no remuneration for us. 
from White Castle. No. It, it would be worthwhile. Not even a coupon. You would have think that they would that they would at least have sent oh, you a back coupon. Oh, they got to back it up more than that. Coupon? We're not well, we're not <laughs> looking for anything anything like that. We uh, we're content with our uh, with our content. We're content with our content. That should be the podcast's tagline. <laughs> I don't think that'll be the tagline of our listeners. So, um, we don't have a Johnny Carson-style clip show of our greatest moments. We may not even have great moments. Uh, what do we have this week, Rebecca? Well, we have Denny in Basement, and um, we have something that I, I want to talk about. And I think I brought this up maybe a year ago when it was happening, um, but... We've just been through the end of a fall sports season, and in our example, it was volleyball season. And so we were at our our daughter's high school senior night, and then I also went to two other senior nights because we were the away team playing. And on a couple of the senior nights, and I want to get your take on this too, Denny, a couple of the senior nights, you're, it's a high school senior night, and I've seen this done in college too, the home team recognized the opposing team's seniors. It's completely unnecessary because frankly, no one cares about the other team's seniors. It's great that they're seniors. They get their own senior night. Like the two senior nights I went to that were for the other team because we were on their floor. It was lovely. I cheered for the kids, whatever. It's just a waste of time to recognize the opposing team's seniors. Celebrate your seniors. That's appropriate. And get the game started. That's how I feel about... Um, high school and college senior nights. You don't need to celebrate the opposing team senior. Why don't you stand up at the next uh, senior night at the high school that's hosting your daughter's team and say, look, my time is valuable. <laughs> Can we wrap this up? Fortunately, at one of them, they, they completely ignored our seniors. It's appropriate. Our seniors had already had their lovely senior night. They didn't need to be acknowledged by this team 30 miles away that they play once a year. It's unnecessary. Can I just say that I would like to dictate from my deathbed a memoir of my golden years, and I'm going to call it Senior Nights. <laughs> and who are you dictating it it'll be, it'll, to? I'll just, be dictating it to you. <laughs> there's, I think there's software for that. I'll be dictating no. it to my Se- night nurse. <laughs> senior Nights? Yes. Dictated to your night nurse. Yes. Lovely. All right, so Denny, we'll see. What what are your th- thoughts and feelings? Or about, do you just about not care? senior night or about the podcast? What are we talking no, about? No, about lost senior the plot. night. About about I, I, recognizing I, the other team's seniors. I, I couldn't care less about recognizing the other team's seniors on senior night. It seems like a nice gesture. It's unnecessary. Well, then it's unnecessary. You know, the the fleeting nature of high school sports. You said after our daughter's final volleyball game this past week that her volleyball career is now half over. And, and, of course, it's only been a little over a year. But it's true. So just enjoy it. Enjoy these crowds spontaneously singing the National Anthem when they can't find the National Anthem CD. Enjoy the people coming out with their loved ones on senior night to recognize the clothes, almost certainly the clothes of their athletic careers. And if they have a good, well-intentioned nod to the other team's seniors, well, that's nice, too. It's just unnecessary. I think I just want to follow up on one thing we talked about in Podcast 99, and that was you you pretended, I assume you were pretending, but you, you pretended to be um, ignorant of Band-Aid colored sedans with collections of hats in the rear window. 
Um, I I wasn't ignorant of them. I was telling you that my mother did not drive one. Okay. Denny, you drove up from New Jersey this morning, leaving at 645, presumably past a lot of cars. Did you see any hat collections in rear windows, or were you not paying attention? No, I wasn't. I was uh, locked in on a couple of our competing podcasts. So you you were watching the road, though? Uh, Hopefully. Okay. Good. Uh, You weren't... uh, Well, this is... As soon as this podcast... What do we say? Not aired isn't the right word, but as soon as it was uh, available to the viewing public, almost instantly I got a text from our friend Sam Farmer who included a picture. He was on a walk, and he sent a picture of a Band-Aid-colored sedan. Did it have hats in the rear the rear window? I believe it did. Um, let me, I, I probably should have found this before I, before I brought it up, but, but I will show you the picture later in the podcast. And um, there's a name for this. The name uh, I learned is, this comes from Gail with a Y. We're not going to get to viewer mail yet, but Gail with a Y says, um, All hail Restiva. It was with great joy that I listened to the latest episode during the segment regarding Steve's desire for what I call, this being Gail, a baseball hat menagerie retirement sedan. (laughs) And she encloses a picture of, uh, of her own father who has realized this very same dream. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is not a picture of her, of her father's car. Moments later, I passed the car in the attached photo and talk about serendipity. As I was talking about the Band-Aid-colored sedan with the collection of hats in the rear window, Gail passed a, a baseball hat menagerie retirement sedan, a Cadillac with four baseball hats uh, face, facing Bill out in the rear window. So... That was too. Are you sure it wasn't a gunmetal sedan? We we sure it was a. I will say it's it's a black Cadillac with a band-aid colored Landau roof. It's awesome, by the way. Sounds it. It's our hundredth episode. We could not have a hundredth episode without Holly Rowe. We've had many Holly Rowe minutes. Maybe we get a Holly Rowe ten minute here on our hundredth episode. Welcome, Holly. I'm so honored to be part of this hundredth episode. I don't know if I've done anything a hundred times in life, but I have done a hundred <laughs> listenings of this episode, so of this podcast. Well, this is like the NFL 100. This is the this is the Holly Rowe 100. This is a celebration of uh, of our most requested guest, our favorite oh, guest. Oh, without question. Well, I mean, not our favorite really? guest. Oh, yeah. well, yes, my favorite guest, and certainly our audience's favorite guest. I, I think I want to also be Steve's though. Oh no. I, you're definitely our favorite guest. I just I just suddenly panicked and thought, what if any of our other guests are listening? <laughs> By the way, I'm also in the makeup chair, so I'm a little distracted. I know. I think Holly, can you describe for our listeners, our viewers, um, what exactly is going on as you're you're talking to us? So we're FaceTiming right now, so you're getting a wonderful view of me getting my makeup done. Um, Trish is doing my makeup here at Madison Square Garden. Say hi to Trish. Hello, Trish. Hello. <laughs> and, uh, we are getting ready for the Champions Classic tonight. It is the first time since 1992 that one, two, three, four in the AP poll in basketball will all play on the same day, and they're all playing in the same building, which has never happened before in college basketball history. This is like Russian nesting dolls of multitasking. So you're preparing for for these basketball games while you're getting your makeup done, and while you're getting your makeup done, you're talking to us on a podcast. Is there a fourth thing that you're doing right now that we don't know about? Well, I did just get off a conference call with Frank Solich of <laughs> Ohio University, 
because I have a college football game tomorrow night in Athens, Ohio for the 150th anniversary of college football. So I do feel like this is an anniversary type week, 150 for college football, 100 for Ball and Chain Podcast. And really, they're, they're, they're roughly equivalent. If you had to choose one of greater gravity, would it be 150 years of college football or, or like two and a half years of Ball and Chain? It's an impossible selection. It would be like um, the great biblical parable of cutting my baby in half to just which one was better. I can't do it. Is there it. a biblical I'm, parable where you uh, cut your baby in half? Solomon, of course, Rebecca. Come on. Okay. Uh, Sorry about Holly, that. Holly, we've got to work on this with Rebecca. So, uh, you know, you're however many games into the college football season. I, I hadn't, haven't worked with you in about a month. What, um, what new and exciting and fun things have you encountered on your uh, – your amazing trek through all of the sports that you cover. Oh my gosh, that's such a, there's so many. Um, we just had a great game at Auburn. Um, Auburn is always a fun place to go to, and they uh, have a defensive tackle there, Derek Brown, who's probably going to be an NFL first rounder. So just to get to watch him every rep and see somebody just dominate the line of scrimmage is fun. This weekend, I've got Penn State at Minnesota. And both teams are undefeated. So that's going to be an epic matchup in the Big Ten. And Penn State is one of the really fun teams in the country. They've got this little wide receiver, number one, if you watch the game, um, KJ Hamler. And please just do me a favor when you and Steve get done with this podcast. Google KJ Hamler's mom birthday wraps. So every one of his birthdays, the mom and dad write a special birthday wrap to the son. And when I tell you they are next level brilliant, like Steve as a writer will appreciate these raps that the mom does for the son. It's like, I'm Latonya coming live from the trap, getting ready to spit out the birthday rap. <laughs> and, and I mean, and the dad's in the background, dad thinks so. He's like literally the cutest kid in America, KJ Hamler of Penn State. And he's the maybe one of the most dynamic players in America. You cannot take your eyes off of him. How long have his parents been doing this for his birthday? Years, years. I think there's three or four of them on YouTube that you can see. She's already working on the one for next year. Like, they are adorable. We certainly, Steve, need to start doing that just to embarrass the heck out of our oldest kids. My, one of my favorite Halloween costumes was you and your son. Can you please describe that? <laughs> I, I just want you to know what a wonderful child my son is. A 24-year-old young man um, decided that he would participate in his mother's idea for Halloween, which was Sue Bird. I was Sue Bird, and he was Megan Rapinoe. And uh, he spray painted his hair pink, and he went to work all day. He was working as a personal trainer at Equinox in New York City. And uh, he was walking around all day with pink hair in New York City. And then at the end, you know, he put his Megan Rapinoe jersey on. And um, I, I used a wig, scissors, super glue, a scrunchie, and hair dye to achieve my Sue Bird um, ponytail, but I think it looked amazing. It did look amazing. I will post a picture of that um, to our Ball and Chain Twitter. But how was it actual spray paint? Uh, no, it was something called root spray. Like if you have brown hair and you start getting gray roots, you spray this stuff on to make your roots brown. So I did my whole hair brown with the root spray, and I was just praying that it would come out. So I did have to wash my hair about six times, but it did eventually come but out. But you, you said your, your son spray painted his hair. It wasn't like Krylon, uh, you know, oh, red no. or something. No, it was no, something it was that like washes out. Yeah, no, it was a Halloween, like, pink. And I asked, I asked, have, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we would have done that commitment. Like, we were committed to the costume. I asked you this um, when I saw first saw the costume. You are blonde. Did you even consider 
you being Megan Rapino and Mikhailin being Sue Bird? Well, um, I probably would have been the more natural choice as a blonde, but I just felt like I- I've known Sue Bird for close to 20 years, and I feel like I knew her first, and I'm always going to ride or die with Sue Bird. So I had to go with my OG love. When Rebecca asked you earlier about what you've been up to, you started to say, uh, oh my gosh, that is such, and I thought you were going to finish the sentence with such a bad question, but that you men- mentally kind of took a left turn. As the as the maestro of of, uh, of questions, do you hear questions when you're doing things like this and and think, wow, that is really a, a terrible <laughs> question? And and are you thinking that right now as I'm asking this? No, what I was thinking is I was going to say that's a very broad question, but then I didn't want to embarrass her by criticizing her question because I was like, how do I possibly answer that? I've seen seven thousand things this week. Um, no. Uh, The only bad questions I ever get, so this one people ask me every single time, what is your favorite sport to cover? And I'm like, I cover like eight sports. How would you expect me to choose between that? It's an impossible question to answer. And and if you do answer it and you say something like volleyball, it doesn't really go anywhere. Much like like my statement, that wasn't really a question just now. You know, um, ES, I don't know if your listeners know this, but years ago, ESPN made us start taking question classes. Like we would go sit with this man named John Sawatsky, who taught us how to ask better questions. And I think he really saved my career because he taught us to not make statements, to not ask a closed-ended question, which should result in a yes or a no. So I do feel like I've come a long way in asking questions thanks to John Sawatsky. One of my favorite things we were watching, um, we were... It was, must have been after one of our WNBA playoff games, and we were Ryan, Holly, and I were watching in the hotel bar another game, and uh, we couldn't hear the audio, so Ryan was giving us the play-by-play. And then after the game, or any game that we're watching, baseball game, if you if even if it's muted on the bar television, and then Holly will just give us all the questions that the reporter should be asking in that moment after Ryan has been doing the play-by-play. Actually. It might be a good, uh, interesting story. I wasn't there, but I love the way you and Ryan were describing as you were watching the Nats game in our hotel bar in Washington, D.C. The one super fan who was working, or I think he was working at the hotel. Yes, there was a, a hotel worker that was about five feet tall, probably some kind of Latin descent, had a cute little accent. And he would stand in front of the television and wave his hands and do these hand gestures that might be interpreted as like gang signs. But really, he was just like doing juju magic at the TV every time a Nats player was up to bat. But darn, it worked. Every time he would do these, you know, hand signals and this little dance with his whole body towards the television, they would get a hit or something positive would happen. And so we just really believe that this man, I, I don't remember his name, but we believe this man that worked at the Hilton in Washington, D.C. may be responsible for the Nats' big win in game five of their um, divisional series. I thought you were going to say it was the Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> right now, I think it's important for people to know that you're getting eyelashes applied. <laughs> are you, who are you talk- Which one of us are you <laughs> talking to? <laughs> they can't see. Holly, oh, okay. not you. I'm, getting, I'm getting eyelashes applied to my scalp right now, yes. Thousands of them. Steve, don't make me laugh. It's very essential that I keep <laughs> my face completely still right now. 
Well, Holly, thank you so much for being willing to multitask in in a multitude of ways to join us here on our 100th episode. Um, Our listeners love the Holly Rowe Minute. We'll get some more of those during the college basketball season that we can put throughout the, uh, the broadcast so people can hear your delightful stories more often. I love it. And thank you for having me. This is the Russian doll of my day. And by that, I mean Steve Russian. Yeah. Thank so you, thank Holly. You very much. We will check but back I'm with you on uh, our 200th episode. <laughs> thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Hal. Thanks, Holly. I wish people could actually see the video um, of of the FaceTime call we did with, with Holly. I, and I didn't just, see Holly while we were talking. You didn't her. see her? Well, I could see her. And um, it was just perfect because she was in one of the rooms um, at Madison Square Garden and uh, getting her makeup done. So as she's talking to us, all of a sudden you see a blush brush and, and, and her cheeks getting done. And at the end, you could see the, the woman applying false eyelashes and um, her eyeliner being done. And uh, it was just absolutely the definition. That's who Holly Rowe is, as you put it, the Russian doll of uh, and, multitasking. And she's doing the interview with us while one of the, her only requirement, her only job in that chair is that her face not move. Right. So was she doing it sort of ventriloquist style? I think it was just the the woman knew she wasn't um, doing Holly's lipstick or lip liner at that moment. I hope but it, it was, I hope <laughs> it was find perfect. Out, we have to find out from Holly when her next dental appointment is. And while she's got the thing, you know, sucking the, the saliva yeah. out of yeah, we should we should do an interview with her then. <laughs> Or maybe I'm guessing she has the dentist come to the makeup room in the uh, highest order of multitasking. You and got Novocaine in the past week. I and, did. And uh, maybe you should do a ball and chain while on Novocaine. Um, you know, it wasn't the kind that really like made me talk funny or made me drool, so it okay. wouldn't have been um, it wouldn't have been the really good kind. But I'll, I'll say this: I don't enjoy getting Novocaine. The getting shots all around my my mouth and in in my gums. I forgot how much I don't like that. I, I like to go in for an elective uh, needle in the gums. I don't think that's an uncommon complaint. Yeah. And then like, as I, the one thing though, as I was sitting there, I was drooling a little bit. And you know, they, when you go to the dentist and they put that tiny little napkin around your, yeah. <laughs> around your with neck. A little chain. Yeah. With, yeah, exactly. With like the, the beaded chain. chain that, that pens are attached to at the bank. Exactly right. Just to catch your own drool, it's like a weird look into your it's, it's future. A, it's a it's a drool dicky. <laughs> it is, and like I we, sometimes we, I we just don't. sit there thinking, this is this is what I have to look forward to, and in my advanced age, is I'm going to wear a drool dicky to catch my own drool because my mouth no longer does what it's supposed to do with the drool. I, I can see it now. The cover of Senior Nights will feature a picture of the two of us. <laughs> Wearing matching drool dickies. <laughs> I think the cover will be you and your night nurse. Wearing, wearing matching, matching drool dickies? Yes. I don't think, Denny, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we have a, I don't remember a resident dentist. Do we have a resident dentist? We have, a, or, we have an eye doctor? I don't think we have a resident we have an dental hygienist either. We're really. Huh. I think we might have a resident dental hygienist. I think we might have a residential <laughs> hygienist. I think for some reason I do. But anyway, if whether we do or not. Surely somebody in the in the dental arts, uh, versed in the dental arts, can tell us if the drool dicky is a effective and b if there's a more professional name for it than that. I'm guessing there might be. That actually leads me to kind of a.
question I have for the curiosity shop. I don't know if you want to get into the curiosity shop. I think shop. we Let's should get it. into the curiosity right. shop. When the spawn meets it's it's a, a lot of dust we got to blow off the door of, of the curiosity shop. Well, there's not too many questions, but I just wanted to share a, a hygiene update with everybody because I know that's what people were concerned about. I've started using this toothpaste, okay? And already I feel like I sound like I'm collecting Social Security. I, I'm relieved because I don't mean this to be a, a millennial, you know, uh, a rant, but I thought it, I thought you were going to re- you say you're starting to use a different brand of Axe body spray, but <laughs> carry on. But anyway, so this is a charcoal-based toothpaste, and I was just wondering if, uh, if, if, if I've been had by some marketing. It, 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 it seems to be working, but it uh, turns does, your teeth black when, when you brush it, so that's kind of weird. So right. you really got to make sure that you aren't leaving the house you're, with toothpaste on. You're tooth blackening is what exactly, you're doing. Exactly, exactly. That's what, what, I'm like the opposite of Ross on Friends. Right. What, what, is the, what is its marketing ploy? Why, why did you purchase charcoal toothpaste? So... A lot of these whitening toothpastes, and I would know, I'm, I'm not any sort of expert, but they all seem to, you know, there's whitening and then there's like cavity protection. But this one kind of combined the both, and it seemed like an interesting thing. So I tried it, and I just want to know if we do have a resident dental hygienist, resident dentist, is it, this actually good it, for me, it, or am I like... Is this made by the Kingsford Corporation? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe so. See, here's the kind of sketchy packaging. It, it, it's a black tube, and all it says in, like, white kind of fun letters, it just says hello. So I don't know who in the world is making this, but the box said it wasn't tested on pets. So it may kill me, but it wasn't tested on pets. Well, that's 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 too bad because that's who I would be most likely to use it on as my, <laughs> as my pet. And if I, were, if I were on Shark Tank... This is where I would say, and you you watch Shark Tank frequently, frequently with our the children. Kid, the kids enjoy it. Yeah, they do. But this is where I would say, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd, I'll have to take a look at this um, charcoal based. It sounds it sounds like its primary uh, uh, cleaning property w- would be um, uh, uh, abra- abrasion. Is it abrasive? Is it uh, gritty? Is it uh, sandpapery? Not really. It's smooth, which is nice. Well, <laughs> that sounded a little more. Uh, um, uh, I think the verdict sounded is, like a Barry White endorsement on a yeah yeah on the charcoal based toothpaste. Well, let, let us know how that goes. If we yeah. notice, if we notice a a, um, a, a darkening a, of my teeth, or or or, a, or the opposite, a blindingly <laughs> you know a blinding quality to your teeth, uh, we'll, we'll let you know. But um, and and were your were your blinding choppers uh, reflecting the sun of the Aegean? Oh, that's right. When you were, we, we haven't talked about Denny's Greek idyll. His, his, um, were you in the islands or were you just in Athens? I did Athens and Santorini, yeah. How was it? It was great. I, uh, um, actually, since the last time I've been on was at the Women's World Cup. That was amazing. And there's a lot of stories, unlike my brother's wedding, that are going to be left in Lyon. Believe me that. Well, you were left stories in our kitchen. In our kitchen, you were last we we spoke to you off the air. You were in a in a sort of flop house in downtown Los Angeles with exposed pipes, sleeping on a cot in what you thought was an Airbnb. Well, okay, that was two years ago. Oh, that was two years ago. Yeah, okay. I didn't preface that. Okay. But uh, yeah, no, Greece was great. Uh, 
Rebecca, you're going to love this part as I expose this to the Ball and Chain universe, but my girlfriend had a conference there, and I know you're going to be like, hold the phone. Oh, no, I but, I, I, I saw pictures okay. of you and your girlfriend on Instagram, but I'm preparing for as a mother <laughs> yeah. for my kids, so I, I was waiting for you to bring it up. Okay, there we go. So, so you <laughs> finally good. brought it up. Yes. I didn't see this picture, and I wish you had called my attention to it. Were they wearing matching drool dickies? <laughs> <laughs> Not in the picture that I saw. So you were with your girlfriend who's right. there for what kind of conference? Uh, she's an occupational therapist. Okay. And she uh, the the apparently the big European occupational therapy conference was in Greece. So we went for that. And then we you know, we decided to add a little more to the end of it. We went to Santorini in what is like the cold season, I guess. Even though it was like 70 degrees, we got to go to the beach. That was cool. And we on the way home, we stopped in Como, which... For, for some people's great, wasn't a huge fan. You didn't like Como? Yeah. Oh, I love like Como. I, I mean, I haven't been there in years, but mm. I went there a couple times with basketball teams and found it just spectacularly Did, Were you beautiful. visiting George Clooney while I you were there? I was staying at his estate, yes. <laughs> but uh, maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much. Do you enjoy Perry Como? Either <laughs> of you. <laughs> Only or between the governor? Thanksgiving and New yes, Year's. <laughs> that's true. It's a good time. Um, well, so I just remember, you know, how, how our, our Denny has grown up when he was back in episode 20 swiping or 30. Swiping left or, and swiping, swiping right in and the, bumbling. in the wildlands of the, of the badlands of, of dating Look at how red he is, by the way, right now. And that's not from Santorini. I'm not Santorini. as red as I've been on this podcast. <laughs> that's okay. not from Santorini. No. Um, but uh, yes, yes, it's uh, I, this is, a, this is one of, one of the many landmarks of, of this uh, 100th episode is is telling our our ball and chain listeners that Denny with one N is off the market. <laughs> with one K? With one K. <laughs> in the bank. And then final question. Guys, so we're, hu- we're still in the curiosity Oh, we show. are. It, it is open. We're, okay. we're, you know, we're start, it, it, starting to clean a little bit. It's so cluttered, it's hard to find your way out of the curiosity <laughs> shop. <laughs> it's like the Hotel this... California. <laughs> but this is what happens when the owner of the curiosity shop you know, gets gets a date, a mate, a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whatever. They it just he loses little, his curiosity. He loses his, he loses his curiosity. <laughs> yes, give us the next question. All right, the final shop. question. So Halloween was this past week. Hope your kids enjoyed. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel every year does this bit where he has parents hide their kids' Halloween candy and then and then has them tell them. That they ate their Halloween candy and the kids normally cry. Occasionally you'll get the precocious kid be like, that's okay, I wanted you to have it. Which at four years old I'm a little thrown off by. But I just want to know what you guys think about uh, the idea of fake hiding your kid's Halloween candy or pretending to eat it. Or actually eating it. Pretending Pretending. to eat the kid's Halloween candy so that you can videotape them crying. To exploit it for national television. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think I make my kids cry enough, genuinely, and not because I would like to. I don't think I would intentionally do something and, like that to make them cry. And we genuinely eat enough of their Halloween candy. Yeah, that's true too. As well, that is true. Although this year we had leftover Halloween candy. Um, I don't know if I overbought or if we just underserved the kids who actually did come to the door, but we had a bunch left. And um, our youngest daughter, our nine-year-old made it out to maybe five or six houses on Halloween and came back. So she didn't have much in her bag. And so when she goes to school and brings like a little fun size candy bar to, uh, to school for her lunch dessert, 
the last few days she's been saying is it okay if i take one of the like leftover candies because she only has uh, she means leftover that we didn't give out because she only has a couple of her own left in her bag so next year we're going to be one of those the system yeah next year we'll we're just going to leave a bowl on our on our doorstep with a a bowl full of tooth blackening toothpaste (laughs) and say that this is in protest of halloween you had a good time on halloween though you you Always take one for the team. You go out and uh, take all the kids around the neighborhood while I stay at home. And at some point, we caught a ride with a uh, guy had an ATV and a wagon behind it, and uh, it was covered, somehow covered with a sheet because it was raining that night. And it was 75-degree heat index on Halloween, and um, and I was able to cram myself into the back of that uh, that covered wagon as we made our way Conestoga-style across the uh, subdivision. And we we kind of have moved into a different stage of parenting. This was our first year where um, one of our kids has aged out of trick-or-treating. Our oldest did not want to go out trick-or-treating, and that's the first time that we've had that. So she helped hand out the candy, but that was a little bit weird. Fortunately, I aged into it after she <laughs> aged out. But um, I don't know that she aged out. She just didn't feel like going. And uh, our, our 13-year-old, who turns 14 next year, if she wants to go, that's totally fine. No, I'm just saying, but she got she's gotten to the age where she no longer wants to do it. Right. She could, you know, I'm not saying she's too old to go. She decided that she's too old to go, and that makes me a little bit sad. So I said to Holly that she was uh, certainly one of our favorite guests because we've had, we've had a handful of guests, not as many as we would like. And we always say we're going to work on that, and we never do. We meaning me. Well, really? Yes. Because we meaning me. We meaning we, because I believe I was the uh, the talent wrangler who procured Sam Farmer, a fan favorite. Oh, absolutely a fan favorite. You uh, were responsible for the Golics, huge fan favorite. Yeah. And uh, changed our lives and our air filters. Right. So that was a big, big moment. Um, and you mentioned that when you had, we had Holly on that we had Ryan Rucco on as well. Um, is that the sum total of our guests? All of them excellent. I think so. I believe yeah. that is the sum total of our guests, yes. But we had Sam in basement, and uh, Denny, the peripatetic traveler that he is, actually visited Sam in his in his natural element, in his, in his natural habitat of Southern California. When was this, Denny? This was two months ago. Two months ago. Great turnaround time by me. Excellent turnaround time by you. And... Uh, Denny being the uh, the multitasking uh, professional that he is, you recorded some of your conversation with Sam when you were in, in Los Angeles. Am I right? That's right. So most people know Sam as you know heralded NFL writer, Hall of Famer for the Los Angeles Times. But I bet you most people didn't know that he's in his spare time he's an Uber driver. Not only that, I understand he's a uh, he's an excellent tour guide. Yes. Uh, if you're ever in California, I'm sure Sam would be happy to take each and every one of you individually around to the local landmarks, and he took you yeah. in his Uber. And we haven't had an Uber confession in this quite show some time. in quite some time. So this is a very special 100th episode Uber confession, Sam Farmer driving around Denny Gallagher in the Southland, as they say. He drives part-time, it's not his chosen profession, but it gives him a chance to share his life's lessons. It's time for the segment we call Uber Confessions. Hi, Sam. Hi, Denny. Am I picking you up? Uh, yeah. Uh, is this a Lexus? Silver? Perfect? Yep. 
Awesome. Is, is, do you have a particular route you want me to take, or should uh, I just use the app? Just, you know, just use what they did in the app. Okay. Well, I'm a little tired. This is the end of my shift, but you're sort of directing me over where you're heading is kind of close to where I live, so that's Perfect. good. Perfect. Yeah. So how long have you been driving for, for Uber? I've been doing this a couple of years, you know. I, I've... Uh, uh, I like it, uh, you know. Uh, I used to make a little bit more money, but then they changed the changed the calculus a little bit. And now, uh, so I'd appreciate. We'll start this right off with <laughs> I'd appreciate five stars and a tip. Uh, let's get get that out of the way right away. I'm, I've already given you five stars as a writer. Um, this is Thank our. You. So this is this is my neighborhood that we're driving oh, through wow. here. Yep, and just these little homes. You know, California homes. Now, here's a friend of mine's house up here on the right. This is Philip Baker Hall's house. And uh, you might know him from every movie ever made. <laughs> Do you know him? Philip yeah, Baker Hall? Yeah, yeah. That's his house right wow. there. And a great guy. We'll go up here. I'm going to take you a little diversion. So, is uh, this your main gig? No, no. This isn't my main gig. I, I drive. I drive for Lyft too. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't make this my main gig. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. I. Uh, yeah, it's my main gig right now. This is. Uh, uh, but you know, I'm. I studied to be a lawyer. <laughs> so. Uh, so this is money well spent for my parents. <laughs> exactly. Now exactly. this house up on the left here, as we make a right on the left, that sort of unassuming little house, that's Rick Springfield's house. Oh, wow. Uh, when he it was work, uh, acting in General Hospital and, and uh, uh, everything. Now this is our little main street. I'll mm. take you up here. And this not the street that we're on, but I'm going to take you up here to Honolulu, which is our main drag. And they film lots of movies and commercials on this street. This is where they filmed Wedding Singer. They filmed Old School here. In fact, this main street uh, is where Will Ferrell Street down the street in, in Wedding Singer, oh, wow. or in, uh, in Old School. Uh, so when you watch it again, but it's also lots of different uh, movies, TV shows. Uh, it's been a because it looks like Middle America, mm. small town Middle America. But uh, Avignon's there is in in uh, Wedding Singer. You'll <laughs> see that. That's the little bar he's he's in. Looks just like New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they 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 try to recreate New Jersey here. Um, there's this. There's a store here called Twigs and Things. I don't know. <laughs> a, I don't know what. You and could, things. You could, yeah, but what are the end things? I mean, you're already down to the twigs. <laughs> you know, uh, is that dirt or little pebbles? I don't know. Uh, these are our two, our two only our two, our two only big box, mm. lone big box stores. We got a Starbucks here, and competing, coffee bean and tea leaves. So. But you know, Phase is not online <laughs> quite yet. Phase clothing—they wow. sell like your mom's 
full length nightgowns there. Uh, but yeah, so watch old school. Old school, yeah. And that that's uh, that's funny. And I hear he actually did streak. He was nude doing that scene. Love it. And they did it at like three in the morning uh, here. So we love this area. L.A. is really a uh, collection of neighborhoods. It's not one big city. Uh, It's hundreds of little neighborhoods. And what we like to say about L.A. is it's a great place to live, but you wouldn't want to visit here. (laughs) Because it's really tough to to navigate your way around L.A. if you don't know it. I mean, that's what makes Uber great, right? Yeah, exactly. Uber takes you through all these... Well, it is funny how... Um, Waze and Uber have all these little shortcuts that you used to have are now congested with cars where everybody's <laughs> taking the same shortcut you are. So the shortcuts are no longer shortcuts. And uh, But it is amazing how you can go into a city now and not know anything about that city, hop into a rental car, and hit five places that you want to hit the best restaurant or get to your little nook mm. hotel or whatever. I've got to stop in for some gas yeah. here, if you don't mind. Um, so, as someone that that grew up here, obviously, L.A. music, big 70s, 80s, uh, do you relate to any particular song? Maybe like a Free Fallen, like there's a freeway that runs through the back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, certainly, uh, Free Fallen is, uh, is, you know, that's, that's sort of the quintessential L.A. song, mm. I think. Uh, I think about those songs in Fast Times because that was my high school era. And so, Somebody's Baby, there's a song that's kind of hard to, like a lot of people don't know it and it's not on any albums that I know, but Love Rules Mm. by uh, Don Henley. Right, yeah. uh, Which is a great song. And and so, but I think A Jump Uh in 1984, the Van Halen album. Um, And, you know, the Van Halen's, Eddie and Alex uh, Van Halen and David Lee Roth are all from Pasadena. Mm. They all went to Pasadena High School. They all played my high school <laughs> in, uh, by the way, there's the Wrigley Mansion, like Wrigley Chewing Gum. Oh, wow. yeah. They basically owned Catalina Island, the Wrigley <laughs> family. And so, and then I think of, uh, you know, I Love L.A., you know, it's just mm. another, and it became the, uh, the anthem, you know, the unofficial anthem for the Lakers and, and during those years when they were just cleaning the Celtics clock every <laughs> Stephen Rebecca listen to this they were cleaning the Celtics clock every year and really they won all the the fairly officiated finals <laughs> games <laughs> uh, so I love LA it was a big one that it always reminds me of LA and and uh, so I do you know I love LA it's I feel like I this is even though we moved around like crazy when I was a kid and I didn't come here till eighth grade, this really feels like my home. And Pasadena in particular, even though I only lived in Pasadena for probably six months, Pasadena proper, Pasadena feels like my hometown. And um, so it's kind of cool that my kids, you know, have only lived here in Southern California because they have a completely different experience than I did mm. when I moved all over. It's it's naturey enough. It's 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 suburban enough. It's and you're you're close to L.A. We're close to downtown. Yeah, we can just 
uh, get down there in 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Uh, and yet you feel, well, this part of L.A. used to be, um, back when the roads in the, weren't as, as good and they didn't have the freeway system, this used to be like a weekend resort. People had, up here in La Cunata and La Crescenta, people had cabins. And a lot of the houses are still like cabins because it was their... It's like going to Big Bear, which is, mm. you know, this is their getaway to come out here. And it, it does have that remote feel a little bit when you're really only seven, eight miles outside right. of downtown L.A. So you sort of have the best of both worlds. But this, as I said, as we're coming to a close and we're getting closer to your destination... <laughs> Uh, I'll take you back down back down Honolulu do you remember when they delivered the pizza at the Oscars and they yeah it uh-huh. was from our big mama and papa's oh. pizzeria there um, and so let's let this guy cross he's flexing <laughs> <laughs> welcome to LA <laughs> Always put on a show. Exactly. The gun show's in town. Um, and so... Uh, and, our, and actually, the, the big, exciting change that happened about five years ago is right at the top of our street. Uh, they built a Trader Joe's. Oh, that's... Yeah. You'll, so, you'll never have to move. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to because the, the Trader Joe's, we take our little trolley we got at Ikea... Huh. And bring it up and, and fill it up. and um, Then you get your sample. Uh, little pull carts yeah. and get the sample and <laughs> circle a- around three times till they get annoyed with you at the sample place. The signature of a Trader Joe's <laughs> is that the parking lot has spaces that are uh, half size too small. <laughs> <laughs> Trader Joe's on a Sunday is a terrifying place, man. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> like anywhere you go in the country, it's just chaos. Yeah, it's I every time I'm in a bad parking lot, I think they should put a Trader Joe's here. This parking <laughs> lot's just bad enough that it would that it would uh, check all the boxes for a Trader Joe's. Um, yeah, so this is coming back into the little Spar Heights uh, corner of Glendale. Uh, it used to be a big, big farm. This area used to be a big farm. Mm. In fact, the house next to ours was a cold storage uh, house, stone house, where it was like a giant refrigerator wow. for the meats and everything. The guy down the street... Uh, from us is the original voice of Donald Duck. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, he no longer he's not living anymore. But, mm. he, but he was uh, uh, he lived right about ten houses down from wow. us, which is kind of fun. And <clears throat> occasionally I have people in the industry moving in and out. The guy from Scrubs was across the street for a while. One of those. Oops great to record a fender bender (laughs) uber would fire me (laughs) at least i have lift to fall back on yeah uh well denny it's been great 
I've already punched in five stars for you. <laughs> exactly. I hope you do the same for me. Million dollar tip, man. Yeah, million I, dollar the struggle's tip. real. That is fabulous. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. And Denny, I understand we, we have you have more of that conversation. We can play some of that um, uh, on a future episode. It's interesting because Sam Farmer lives in the shadows of Hollywood. We have a Holly Rowe minute. Sam Farmer's minute we have no name for, but we will uh, we'll play more of that on future episodes. Yeah. And um, what else, Rebecca? Do we have in store for our one hundredth? I know we talked about Halloween already, but we didn't thank Doctor George in Columbus for UPSing us a ball and chain pumpkin. This was this was unbelievable. Our, we had just finished dinner, I believe. Our kids were in their costumes, getting ready to go out. On Halloween. On Halloween, we open the door to the garage, and there's just this giant box sitting in our garage. So bring the box in, open it. Inside the box is was a sort of a a styrofoam cooler of the sort that you would use to transport live organs for transplant. Exactly. And then so you open that. There's ice packs, packing peanuts, and a perfectly carved pumpkin with the ball and chain logo on it perfectly carved perfectly intact it was yeah i mean un <laughs> truly remarkable that uh that the monocle dealer in columbus monocle dealer croaky dealer and now our pumpkin dealer and our, yes exactly and so we put the pumpkin right anybody who came to the door to get candy if they looked past the bowl of candy would have seen this ball and chain pumpkin my friends were giving me who who i have a couple friends who come over every halloween to help me give out candy and uh they were giving us a hard time about this beautiful pumpkin but absolutely spectacular thank you george you were making air quotes when you said who helped me give out candy candy. because it really consists of you and your friends drinking chardonnay and baileys usually mixed in the same glass it mostly consists of us it's our our yearly we just hang out and enjoy each other's company Occasionally, we might sip on a Bailey's or a glass of Chardonnay. Well, it wasn't the only gift that we received from a doctor in the Midwest this week. Dr. K in Fort Wayne sent us a box of his favorite pencils, the Triconderoga. Not the Ticonderogas, the Triconderogas. And now we know why they're called what they're called. These are magnificent pencils. The kids immediately each took two for themselves. Love them. Love them with a black matte finish. Smooth to the touch, but they're triangular. And so they have to come with a, spe- a pe- special pencil sharpener. That was included with the which package. Which inevitably, you know, one of the kids is going to lose. But um, these, I, I didn't know these pencils existed. They're spectacular. Yes, we're just receiving gifts left and right now from the Ball and Chain viewers, and we appreciate them. Thank you. And, of course, uh, Dr. Gary Siegel, our third a doctor in our in our triumvirate of in doctors. Our, we, we should really should rank our doctors at some point. You know, like local magazines, the top 100 doctors in the Hartford area. We should get the top 100 doctors uh, in the Ball and Chain listenership. Well, it would have to be two through 100. I can't imagine anyone being number one ahead ahead of Doctor Gary Siegel. Well, I mean, I, I I we've been had a pumpkin delivered to us. We've had a box of Triconderogas delivered to us by a second doctor. And and Dr. Siegel has Who delivered thirty five hundred babies. Thirty five hundred babies. Yeah. None of them to us yet, but right. um, well, certainly none of them to you. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> so we uh, we are uh, our our cup runneth over with rankings. gifts and blessings here. Rankings are such a male thing. 
Like women don't sit around and, you know, do lists and rank stuff. And maybe it's just a, mostly because it's sports and guys, but you'll do this. You'll rank I, your top I, I do, whatever. I, I do it strictly as a joke. No, I it's know. totally irony. It's a parody of the absurdity of ranking. So I think the other week we, we were ranking our top Lorns spontaneously. Right, right. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean that I, I find Lorne Green a better human being than Lorne Michaels. That just means it's just funny to rank Lorne's. That is true. Um, but it, it so ranking, but I do think men rank things more than they women do, rank they things. They do. They absolutely do. And the other thing that I found interesting and um, is that I am on this group text, group text um, with with some women. And then I was on this group text of, uh, it was a coach's text. So it was all male coaches. And group texts are very different between men and women as well. Like women tend to use full sentences in their texts. They do use a lot more emojis. I don't think a single guy used an emoji in this relatively long group text. Um, it, it's interesting how the two sexes do that differently. How the sexes text? Yes, they, they, the sexes text differently. <laughs> Denny, are you a big emoji user? Oh, I'm a big emoji and GIF guy. Love the GIF. Oh, oh, you like the GIF too? The GIF. Is it a GIF or is it is it a GIF? Because my well, children and the world may never GIF. know. Well, like the I think we should settle that. Um, and our kids say it's a GIF. Oh. Choosy mothers choose GIF, but our kids say GIF. <laughs> say GIF. Um, finally, Denny gave us an update on his hygiene, which I think we were all uh, eager to. I'm to just hear. glad when he said he was going to give us a hygiene update that it was. Positive, <laughs> not only positive, but that it was related to his dental care. Yeah, because it could have gone any of a number of other places, and I'm glad it didn't. Absolutely. Well, I, I want to give an update, and it's not, can it be an update if I haven't talked about it previously? It can't. So I'm going to give a br- very brief report on uh, my car hygiene because for several months I've been driving around and hearing a rattling, a rattling that didn't come from the engine or or from somewhere the undercarriage, just from somewhere within the the uh, interior of the car there was a rattling and on every turn do you know what i'm talking about you've driven that car i haven't noticed a rattling if well, i had noticed a rattling i would have addressed you haven't it noticed immediately. it you haven't noticed it in the last week because it has been solved okay. mr goodwrench solved it and here's how i solved it i said i was driving with our daughter who was in the middle row of seats and there was a tiny back seat in this toyota highlander and i said can you find the source of that infernal rattling and stop it because it's been driving me crazy because for six weeks while I'm driving, I can't climb into the back of my own car and find out what it is, but it sounds like a marble in a cup holder. Well, she checked all of the various cup holders in the little plastic compartments in that car and found, like George Costanza pulling a golf ball out of the whale, she pulled from some backseat cup holder a single rogue pepperoni pizza combo <laughs> that had been rolling around in a cup holder for six weeks okay and, so and it's now in my front seat driver's side cup holder so at least i have an eye on it now i understand that while you're driving you can't because reach the, back because and the, turn around by the and time i arrive i've forgotten about thing. it but really, it had been that long, and at no point you pu- you pulled into the garage or anywhere and just opened the back door and looked into one of the cup holders to see what was making the sound? Clearly not, until this time. I mean, that's, I, that's just 
baffles me. I don't under, I don't understand you. Well, I don't understand you. As I plant a uh, a marble somewhere in your minivan, we will uh, we'll see how long I'll find it. Takes it. You and you want to know why? Because I just the other day cleaned my minivan, vacuumed it, put the seats down, the whole thing. If you put a marble anywhere in my minivan, I will find that marble. <laughs> Darn it. I'm going to bury this marble. And d- so and don't you dare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the marble in the minivan. Yes. Roald Dahl's lost novelette, The Marble in the Minivan. Just please do it while you're wearing your drool dickie. I will. Agatha Christie's least favorite mystery <laughs> of The Marble in the Minivan. It's a it's the Hardy Boys. The Case of the Drool Dickie and The Marble in the Minivan. It was the first two. Hardy Boys mysteries. They weren't popular, and they have since scratched them from the canon. All right, should we do a, a few viewer mails? Sure. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. We just have time to get to a few viewer mails, and then any viewer mail that we don't get to, we can kind of pack into our 101st our very unspecial 101st episode. Right. Does that make sense to you? But we've got some here that, that have congrats on 100 in the in the header, and I'd like to read those. And in fact, I didn't even realize it was our 100th episode, as you can tell by my lack of preparation. But some of our some of our viewers did. And they wrote to us at ballandchainpod at gmail.com to, uh, to weigh in. Shall we get to those? We shall. Greg in St. Louis, our resident soccer slash Chelsea fan, writes... First of all, I want to say congrats to 100 episodes. My Wednesday morning drive is not the same without listening to your stories. Secondly, has swag made it to all 50 states? It has not. We still are proudly. Uh, West Virginia? Delaware. No, West Virginia, we've long time ago. Delaware. Delaware is, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so disappointing. Not disappointing at all. I want it. I want to maintain that all over the world, um, but but not to. um, Not to Delaware, but to Del Mar. I just sent Hmm. a package of swag to to, uh, California, but. So no, not all 50 states yet, 49 of them. Last off, though, writes Greg, and this is what I want to get to. Speaking of Yahtzee, we mentioned last week that the, the Goocher in Yahtzee was the large straight. Mm-hmm. The large straight is not the Goocher, writes Greg, as much as the actual Yahtzee. If you throw a 2, 3, 4, and 5 with the other die pairing one of those numbers, you have a 66% chance of making the large on your next throw. Now, the oh, 2, 3, 4, on. and 5 is, is, of course, the time when you go for the large straight. Right. But... Uh, you have a 66% chance of making it on your next throw versus having a four of a kind and having a 16.6% chance of hitting the last number to make the Yahtzee. I also work with numbers all day being a banker, so I'm also no fun to play Monopoly with either. This is exactly who we need. Remember we said we didn't, did we have a, a numbers cruncher or on the podcast? These are the kind of number crunching, the kind of number crunching we need. Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you're it, a number cruncher, you might as well put it to good use like this. Well, not only did he put it to good use, it requires a, a, a numbers professional like Greg to know before I do that it's our 100th episode. Right. <laughs> Thanks for that, Greg. Thank you for that, Greg. The other night I was playing Yahtzee with our daughter. The last thing I didn't have filled in was the Yahtzee. After two rolls, I had three ones. My last roll, the last two die came up um, Snake Eyes, and I got the Yahtzee. I, I'm sure the probability of that is minimal, but that's the beauty well, of Well, I, I hope Greg will fill us in. Yeah, exactly. Our friend Mark Simon writes, congratulations on 100. As your resident statistician, again, yes. numbers cruncher, isn't it interesting? Two people who work with numbers are the ones who have acknowledged our 100th uh, in the email queue. 
I thought it was time to write in to congratulate you on reaching the 100 episode mark. I suppose we shall call this your Wilt Chamberlain episode since he's the holder of the most famous 100 in sports history. One brief digression, your talk about stores selling odd combinations of merchandise reminded me of a joke that Paul Reiser used to do. His store combinations were beauty supplies and cheese, massage tables and skate repair, and apparently an actual store in his neighborhood that sold bookcases, shelves, and pineapple juice. Speaking of Paul Reiser, writes Mark, did you know there is a Mad About You reboot coming November 20th? Perhaps, if it's successful, they could have Rebecca on for another guest star stint to reprise your guest star role on Mad About You. Did you know that there was a Mad About You reboot, Rebecca? I did not know that, but I will check it out when when it airs. They haven't asked you yet to... Uh... They have not asked me to reprise my role as Ira's girlfriend. Okay. Uh, Deb writes, Hi, Stephen, Rebecca. Happy 100th. Congratulations on your 100th episode. I've been listening since podcast one and look forward to your sparking memories and supplying my weekly chuckles. I have a theory on your listening demographic from St. Pete. Of course, for for many of those episodes, those 100 episodes, St. Pete dominated our, our listening demographic. Yes. Uh, while they are lower than they used to be, those numbers, I predict those numbers will increase now that the snowbirds are headed back to Florida from northern states for the winter months. Rebecca, now that college hoop season is starting, I look forward to watching you call games and we'll be listening to see if you can slip bouncy castles into a game this season. Steve, I recently had a laugh when a delivery arrived at my workplace. The truck driver's name embroidered on a shirt was Steve, S-T-E-E-V-E. Yes, Steve with three E's. Naturally, I thought of B and C immediately. I would love to have, A, I would love to have three Steves in my Steve. And three E's. Three you would, E's. You would not like to have three Steves in your Steve. I would definitely not have, like to have three Steves in my Steve. No, no. But you would, no. you would like to have three E's in your Steve. You know what? I, either way, sure. <laughs> the things we learned about one another 100 episodes I, in. What, what I was going to say was I, would, <laughs> was I would love to have three E's in my Steve. But more than that, I would love to have... That three e that three e'd Steve embroidered on my sleeve. Ooh. I'd like to have a three e sleeve. I think you just with need a three to, e'd Steve. You need to get your drool dicky and <laughs> move on to the next viewer mail. Uh, listen to me. Listen, listen. When I enjoy my senior nights with my three Steves and my drool dicky, <laughs> you're gonna be jealous of me. Is all I have to say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I, t- I seem to have, uh, have supplied a blooper for the episode 200 blooper reel. Danny set that one aside for uh, for the highlight reel. Uh, Michael writes, an ode to the road to 100. That's the email header, an ode to the road to 100. Mm. Dear Stephen Rebecca, writes Michael, greetings from Santo Domingo. I-, I-, I, always, I always want, in my head, that sounds like the most interesting man in the world when he says that. Greetings from Santo Domingo. As always, I hope this finds you well. Congratulations on reaching the milestone of 100 podcast episodes. To properly acknowledge this celebratory centennial, please have fun with the following. And he encloses a poem. And this is his I like that this has become a, becoming a, a, a poetry slam. To the two at Ball and Chain, 100 episodes from Happiness Lane, Basement Tales of Minivan and Plain, Jocularity in a Familiar Vein, Change that air filter, some might complain, whilst White Castle serves gastrointestinal pain. Podcast blurbs, only Denny can explain. Read Nights in White Castle and The Human Stain. So cue the confetti, pop the champagne, 100 more is our firm refrain. Enjoy the wonder that is the day I remain 
Michael. Michael ah. in Santo Domingo, I might add. If you had read it better, remain would have rhymed with the previous. 100 more is our firm refrain. Enjoy the wonder that is the day. I remain. Yes. Michael. It's beautiful, Michael. Thank you. It is beautiful. Thank you for that, Michael. And it made me recall the poetry stylings because I, I, I threatened a couple of weeks ago to read poetry on the air. You've since forgotten. I've not forgotten. I just haven't gotten around to it. In fact, I think we have a um, uh, an email in here. Poetry suggestion. This is from uh, Jennifer. Jennifer uh, in Minnesota. Dear Steve, you probably have your poetry picked already, but I wanted to send you my favorite Billy Collins poem. Billy Collins, the great Billy Collins, called The Revenant. The link is Billy reading it at a TED Talk. She encloses a link, but it's Billy reading it and not me, and it's four minutes long. So I will... Uh, I will look up The Revenant and perhaps um, read an extract of that on a future ball and chain. This is from the uh, resident city manager slash PA announcer, the, the LSW of our resident city manager PA, PA announcer. LSW, she has an asterisk next to. She is the long-suffering wife. We call October to March the season of discontent at our house. Holly will be at Minnesota Penn State and... Um, and uh, uh, Jennifer's husband will be doing the PA announcing at that epic tilt. Of course, my favorite po- poet is the poet laureate of Match Game 75, Nipsey Russell. Not Nipsey Hussle, as some of the youngsters may uh, be more familiar with today, but the great Nipsey Russell, who would recite poetry on game shows in the 70s and 80s. Uh, young people are very different today, and there's one sure way to know. They used to ask where they came from. Now they'll tell you where you can go. Silence think, from you. I think I like Nipsey's version. You want to play Nipsey's version? No, I'm saying I think maybe Denny will add Nipsey's version. That's, then we can that's ask, totally fine. Then we can okay. ask that's just the, more work the for viewers well, no, no. To, who did it better. To, who no, no, did no, it no. Better. We, exactly. we don't have to do who wore it better. We'll just play, we'll just play uh, Denny's, we'll just play, uh, play Nipsey's version. We call on the poet laureate, Nipsey Russell. <laughs> <laughs> the young little... people are very different today, and there's one sure way to know kids used to ask where they came from now they'll tell you where you can go (laughs) okay we've got time for one more viewer mail as i say we'll get to the rest of the mailbag next week um but we got to wrap this up rebecca you got to leave uh finally it wouldn't be our 100th episode if we didn't uh, include a viewer mail from our faithful correspondent dr gary siegel with two r's and this time dr siegel is is our, our roving correspondent he writes to us from um the formula one race in texas where uh, he took a lot of pictures with ball and chain swag in um, in the hairpin turn 11, um, various places along the track. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I think, finished second in that race. Yes, he writes, and uh, the winner was Valtteri Bottas of Finland. And um, please know, writes Dr. Siegel, that your humble correspondent from the South will gladly travel at the podcast's expense <laughs> to races anywhere they're held. Belgium and Italy both have iconic tracks from which I would gladly report in 2020. So I think we should uh, start pr- saving up to send Dr. Gary Siegel to Monza, the uh, the storied track at Monza in Italy. Dr. In Gary Siegel's wife or girlfriend. His, his LSW just yeah just needs to go to a conference in one of those places and he can tag along. That's absolutely right. So for well I don't have to say for producer Denny Gallagher because right. he's here. He right. can say so long himself. Congratulations on syndication. You made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have a birthday cake. And, and now we're, uh, we'll are we be on uh, reruns at 6.30 p.m. every night on your local Channel 9 or whatever it is. 
Um, anything you need to plug, Denny? I've been doing the Later with Denny Gallagher podcast. I've had a bunch of people from sports and entertainment on there. So Where can, where can listeners find that, Denny? Uh, you can find that on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're there. Like, subscribe, rate. Yeah, like, subscribe, all that stuff. And uh, follow on social, Denny underscore Gallagher. And got fun stuff coming up. So, yeah. And as always, we are grateful, eternally grateful to our house band, Tom, Dick, and Harry for their various uh, theme song and, and other singles they've dropped on our air. That's all so, it. Thank you, yeah. Tom Dickhari. Tom Dickhari. Rebecca, anything to plug? I've got a big Notre Dame-Tennessee women's basketball game coming up this weekend. So how about that? You're looking at me because you weren't aware. But uh, Monday, no- November 11th, Veterans Day, if anybody's home and looking for some women's basketball, I'll be there talking about it. How about you, Steve? What do you got to plug? Uh, November 16th and 17th in the Twin Cities. That's a Saturday and Sunday. I will be uh, in Minneapolis and St. Paul to do two um, consecutive book events, luncheons, the Literary Lovers lunch Lunches, uh, on behalf of independent bookstores in the Twin Cities. If you um, Google that, uh, you can find the information, or I should probably provide it on the air. Um, I'll do that next week, but it's uh, two ticketed events um, in support of independent bookstores with, uh, with some other authors. And uh, we'll also put that information um, out on Twitter, and, which is at Ball and Chain Pod, and Instagram, which is at Ball. And sure, Chain and um, and uh, if anybody again wants a co- signed copies of any books um, for the upcoming holidays, just send an email to ballandchainpod at gmail dot com, and we'll tell you how to do that. On that note. On that note, one hundred episodes in, let's have Tom, Dick, and Harry play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, well, we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.